Welcome to season two of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Leeds, leadership and relationship coach by day, comedian and writer by night. And day now, I've added a little day writing. I'm on a mission to host 100 million Witty and Wise Conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and the way the world communicates. No more welcome to my TED Talks and dear Abby advice friends. It's time to start having powerful conversations exchange of ideas without being attached to an outcome. These are the components of a witty and wise conversation that have the power to transform the way we live and lead in a profound way. We have four rules today for our conversation inspired by the Coactive Training Institute. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And rule number four, my favorite, everything is included. So if a dog barks or a helicopter, fun fact, apparently I live like in the helicopter alley, so you, you may hear a helicopter go by. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time, so we do not edit. Everything is included. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here. You will be heard there is space for you. Conversation is meant to be a dance, an ebb and flow, a back and forth exchange of energies, thoughts, and emotions. The wit we bring to this conversation releases an endorphin known as the painkiller. You actually feel better when you laugh. The wisdom we bring to this conversation will be seen in the nugget of knowledge that you take away and how you use it in your own life. When this conversation comes to a close, I'll ask you, our listeners, and our guests three questions. If you've tuned in before, you know what they are. If you haven't, you don't want to miss them. And you also don't want to forget to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or Apple Podbean. Join the community. And now you can actually be a supporter of the community and join the parliament. So skip a cup of coffee a month for five bucks, join the parliament and support this platform that's supporting outstanding women leaders around the world. But enough about us. Um, I'm really excited about our guest today, Trilisha Renteria, or as I knew her as, Trilisha Davis, is a Longwood Academy graduate, graduate and survived my AP history class and writing all the DBQs. A first-generation college student trying to figure out life. Trilisha bombed neurobiology her sophomore year. Instead of quitting, she picked up her pen and rewrote her story as an English major, which makes perfect sense to me because she is a fantastic writer. Junior and senior year, Trilisha got more involved on campus, and by senior year, she once again rewrote her story and signed up for a leadership program. After she graduated, she spent her gap year in AmeriCorps trying to figure it out again before getting her master's in organizational leadership. Today, Trilisha is a program specialist for a nonprofit literacy organization in Chicago and is still trying to figure out life as a leader, wife, and stepmother to a lovely 11-year-old girl. Welcome, Trilisha. I'm super excited to have you today. It's always a special treat when I get to have a former student on who is now doing amazing things, um, and particularly in the leadership space. You're still in Chicago. Um, not working too far away from where you went to school and grew up. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love keeping in contact with a lot of my teachers, whether they taught me in middle school or even now uh, in college. So it was nice to hear from you. And I was actually really surprised to be a part of the podcast, but I'm 
excited to be here and I look forward to sharing more of my story. That's awesome. It's I, funny, I always get nervous reaching out to students. I follow your journeys and I've been following your journeys for like five years now. Um, and so I'm excited that you agreed. I wasn't sure. I've always got a little nervous about that. As a teacher, you never know, like, did this kid hate me? Probably. <laughs> Yeah, that's very interesting. I feel like I'm like if I added you uh, as a Facebook friend or any social media friend, if you were my teacher, it's probably uh, not a bad thing. That's like, like I kind of want you to follow my story in a way. I love that. Um, you know, that's what I why I am in the coaching space. That's why I'm in this leadership space, and I have a team program now for leaders. Is I love watching people rewrite their stories and pick up that pen and feel empowered. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your journey sophomore year and getting really kicked down. Um, it's funny when we, before we logged on, you said what you remember were DBQs and getting a shout out in my class for writing once. And yeah. what I remember about you was that you were just such an incredible writer, not, not only, mechanically, but you just really understood what you read and were really able to argue or express that opinion, which is what a DBQ is. Um, so I imagine you took that and, and used it to rewrite your story literally with that pen, but how do you stay positive? How do you not just give up after your dream? Because you wanted to be, did you want to be a doctor if I remember correctly? Yes. So I started my senior, I'm sorry, I started my freshman year at Dominican um, University. So I didn't go too far from Chicago. I didn't leave uh, that far um, as a biology major. And one of the things that I remember so early on at school was that they wanted us to basically confirm like our, our major pretty early. So that's what I ended up doing. And in a way, it was just like, I wish I wouldn't have done that because I ended up taking a lot of science courses. But I went to Dominican in expectation, hoping that I would come out biology major because I wanted to be a pediatrician. But I kind of, when I think about it, when I think about my journey, I wonder if it was me who wanted to be a pediatrician or if it was people telling me that I should become a doctor to, you know, you know, make something of myself. So I went in with that mindset and eventually I started taking a lot of um science classes and that's when I get to my sophomore year where I had already confirmed um, being a bio biology major so I was taking a lot of science courses one of them was neurobiology and I remember going to class like every time we had class and every time we had uh, an exam I would literally like fail it and I would go see my teacher afterwards like help me I'm trying to really understand this stuff so I went throughout the entire semester uh, it was my sophomore second semester um actually that entire semester practically fell in all the courses and i remember sitting in that teacher's class and then she looked at me and she said Trisha, i don't think you like science and that's what really sparked something in me and i sat there and i remember thinking like you know what i think you're right i don't think that i like science why why am i a, a science major and because it was my uh, second year sophomore year sorry my second semester i thought about it and i was just like i don't want to go into my junior year as a biology major for one i'm not doing well and because i wasn't doing well like on paper like uh academically i wasn't doing well like mentally because now i'm like failing all of these classes and i don't feel great because i am trying but i didn't like it so i thought about it 
and I knew that I had a short period of time before I needed to switch my major before leaving for the summer. Um, and I sat there, my, I remember sitting in my dorm room thinking like, you know what, I don't want to go into my junior year as a biology major, but I didn't want to quit. I just knew that as my teacher mentioned, like just science wasn't the right fit for me. So I thought about other classes that I took at Dominican that I did pretty well in and practically were the classes where I did a lot of writing. So my English like 101, 102 um, in my seminar classes. And once again, uh, and I kind of want to do just a shout out to my Dominican professors who have always been great and supportive. Um, I went to my English 101, I think she was my 101 teacher. Um, but anyway, she was my, one of my English professors and I sat in her office and I said, hey, I'm thinking about changing my major to English. What do you think about that? And we had a conversation about it. And before we left, she told me she thought that being an English major was a right fit for me. She thought that I would do well there. And so I took her at her word and I went to the office, whatever, to change my major. And I changed my major to English and I left for the summer. And that was that. I came back my junior year, my senior year as an English major. But it was very um, scary in a way too, because once again, thinking about biology, going into biology, I had to come home that summer. And so I had to tell people like, hey, I'm no longer a biology major, but an English major. And it kind of freaked me out because I didn't know how people would react. Mm. It's, it's amazing what I hear in this story is you had some really wise conversations with professors, which is incredible. And I just want to give a shout out to all the educators out there that hold space for students. Um, and also, I hear that theme coming up of what others will think, you know, mm -hmm. to even hear you say, um, did I do, did I want to be a pediatrician? Or is it just what I thought other people wanted me to do to make it? Uh, so what a brave thing to do to say, I'm gonna still be worried about these things, but I'm gonna do them anyway. Yeah, it was very nerve wracking. I don't think I told people, I think I went the entire summer like not trying to mention like college <laughs> until, I, until I had to go back. Like, oh yeah, by the way, changed my major. And then people, when I did tell them, some people were like, what are you gonna do with English? Like, are you gonna teach? And I was just like, I have no idea, but I took the word from my teachers and I believe that if they thought that I would do well there uh, within the English program, then I was going to do well. So, mm, I love that you did. And so you rewrote this story, you graduate college, still not really fully sure what you want to do. Did you know you wanted to get your master's? Is that why you call it a gap year or was there some questioning? Uh, yes and no. After I left Dominican, so actually before I left Dominican, during, as you mentioned in my introduction, uh, my junior year, I became a little bit more happier. <laughs> um, and what I was doing, it was a complete different vibe between science. Um, science was a lot competitive, too, um, compared to English, where people wanted to get together to, like, read and write papers. So that was a great thing for me, like, finding um, that community with that. Um, and so I also got involved on campus. Uh, I got my first job actually through an AmeriCorps program called Jumpstart. So it was a program that had recently started uh, at Dominican. So Jumpstart is an AmeriCorps program where they take college students and then we go into uh, nearby schools. So our schools, because Dominican is located 
pretty on the west side. Uh, I was working in the west side of Chicago, um, going to the CPS schools and work with the preschoolers, basically helping them to learn like preschool things, learning to read, learning to write their names, learning their alphabet. And I really enjoyed that because it was a break away from school as well. Like for an hour and a half of my day, I got to work with preschool students and it was, I mean, it was a highlight. So I got involved in that and it was like a, a leadership role for me. Um, and then Dominican hosts these, uh, I don't wanna call them seminars, but we have this big thing every year where people talk about different things that they're doing at the school. So I went to one of them because it was required, but we had to choose what we wanted to go to. And one of them was called like the leadership certificate program. And I was pretty interested in that. So uh, someone at the school spoke about this program and I was just like, I had never heard of that before. Then again, like I said, my first two years, I was kind of like, I mean, I'm very quiet and reserved now. So with being under so much pressure and like, I kind of felt like I was under depression. I kind of didn't want to do a lot of things to begin with. So I, be I became interested in the leadership certificate program and I did that my two my last two years. So part of the program is that students have to take a leadership course. Um, so I took that course my senior year. And I really, really, really loved the course a lot. And I kept thinking about that after I graduated, but I couldn't take more like courses because it was my senior year and I wanted to graduate on time. Um, so I ended up doing my gap year. Uh, I had learned about city year my freshman year at Dominican. Um, and I knew that after graduating, I wanted to do that, do that. So I continued to pursue that. Um, that's where I ended up working uh, with seventh and eighth graders on the west side of Chicago as well. So I did well, like small groups for ELA and math. But during that time, I kept thinking about like that one course that I took my senior year that I wish I could take more courses of. And I thought about like, I wonder if there are master's programs about it. And there were. So I looked at different schools, um, did research. So I was looking at two schools and then I found one that I really liked that I thought would fit me well. And that was Lewis University. Um, and so after my city year, gap year, uh, it, it was all about timing too. There was a lot of things happening during this time. Like I had just graduated. I wanted to finish my gap year with city year, then find a job. After city year, you have, you have to find a job. So I found a job and then I got married and then I wanted to start grad school, but <laughs> that was just way too many things happening at once. So I ended up um, applying for grad school a year into my role uh, where I'm working now because I wanted to make sure like, okay, could I, I wanted to work and go to school at the same time. So I wanted to make sure I could do both. Um, and the organization that I work for now allowed me to do that. And then I ended up applying uh, getting in and then actually starting grad school six months after getting married. So that was a lot. Yeah. So a lot has happened. I actually, I think within the last like four years or so, um, with me, but all, all pretty good things. Yeah. I'd love, so organizational leadership. Tell us a little bit more about what that is and what really sparks you about leaders. Yeah, it's a lot. So the first class that I took was like a leadership one-on-one. And um, what I liked about it a lot was as someone who is very introverted, I would say that I don't think that a lot of people would have told me this or 
anything. But when you see leaders, you see people who are extroverted, like who like to put themselves out there, who, who are out there. And it's kind of for me, I kind of felt like in a way, I don't want to say I wasn't or am not a leader because I am quiet. So taking that course and when we took the, what is it called? The strength finders like quiz to figure out like what our like top five strengths were. So that kind of sparked an interest in me. And then learning about the different leadership theories and how to apply them was also pretty interesting because it's something that no matter what job you do or what your role is, you use that stuff all the time. And so I think that organizational leadership can just be applied to any role. And so with actually with uh, Lewis, there are five different concentrations. Um, I can only remember four at the top of my head, but it's coaching, uh, nonprofit, higher education, and the one that I chose was training and development. So I specifically went into training and development because once again, I thought that it could be applied to anything. Um, and then just thinking about different organizations and different uh, companies, when you think about like work culture, you know that the culture of your job is determined or shaped, I should say, by the leaders of the organization. So when you wanna go into a great work environment, you know, you look at the leaders, how are they doing things? And so when I thought about it, I'm like, no matter what role I go into, and maybe eventually, hopefully, I go into something, uh, I, we talk about it as like higher leadership um, within organizations. I want people to come to work and feel, you know, inspired. I want people to come to work and feel motivated. I want people to come to work and feel as though, you know, that this is, they don't come to work and feel as though, uh, I have to come to work today. You know, you see so many, I think I saw something recently on Facebook where someone mentioned like they were just so excited to go to work and one of the reasons why they were so excited to go to work is because they had a great manager you know so I think about stuff like that like I want to be that manager I want to be that you know leader where people say I want to come to work because you know Trisha was a great leader and it actually going thinking back now that I'm thinking about it my junior year when I was um, in Jumpstart I started off as an AmeriCorps leader and we had a team leader. I enjoy going to work a lot and doing our team meetings and stuff like that because I had such a great team leader and she inspired me the next year for my senior year to be a team leader. So it's kind of like following in her footsteps and you know creating my own like little team through the team leader who I had the year before. So that was another thing about leadership and how it's just it's a <laughs> it's a very big thing like there's so much you can say about leaders and leadership and how we do a lot of things that we do, whether it's education or not. Yeah. So not to traumatize you to go back to some neuroscience um, and talking a little bit about neuroscience and leadership. I always get so curious about um, the leadership models and like, and like, and so you talked about strength finders as being a, a leadership model that you part, like saw a lot of success in um, and I heard you talk a little bit about the depression, um, but I'm just cu I'm curious to know a little bit more about how your leadership program helped you sort of get out of that funk, that sadness. Because I, I heard you talk about like social isolation as you were in college, right? When things were tough for you, you weren't as involved on campus. So I'm, I'm curious to know more about that leadership program and how it really helped you with some of the depression that you were experiencing as a student. 
Yeah, so like I said, uh, switching to English was a huge like transition. Um, I had some pretty amazing English professors who, once again, I was that student who, when I didn't understand something, I was constantly in their offices. And I think too, that showed a lot of like, I don't know, it shows a lot about who I was as a, a learner. And I think my teachers appreciated that a lot. Um, and then working together in groups with other classmates in my class about different projects that we were doing, which is not something I did as a bio major or I tried to, but then I kind of felt like I was so far behind that I just, it was very hard for me to understand and to keep up with like those study groups. Um, but so it was like a lot of these things were just like happening at once. So it was like the English, it was feeling better at being an English major, having supportive teachers, having more supportive like classmates. Um, and then now during that time as well, I was working a job. So then I was doing something else that I really liked because I really did enjoy working with the preschoolers. Um, and then learning about the leadership certificate program. And then the leader of that program also helped me a lot because she was the one who kind of went through the, the strength finders with me. And I just remember sitting in our office after going through it, I was just like, wow. I'm like pretty amazing. <laughs> it was one of those things where I didn't realize like, yeah, this all makes sense because the thing about our strengths is that we do it all the time. Like they come so naturally to us that we don't realize like that we're doing them. And then I sat there and I'm like, yeah, this is so me, <laughs> you know, and then taking those five strengths and saying, okay, now that I'm more aware of my five strengths, how can I take those strengths to basically you know, use them to say, okay, I want to do this next in my life, or I feel more comfortable doing this, or this comes more naturally. So if it comes naturally, then yes, I feel, you know, happier doing it. And that was another thing too, with um, leadership that I really got into, I actually wanted to get into coaching. <laughs> um, I took one coaching class at Lewis and the professor emailed me like, hey, do you, are you interested in doing a certificate? And I was just like, I just want to get through the basic I just want to pass that's so cool. <laughs> a coach of leadership like ooh, we'd love to have you like we just see an amazing leader as you talk I'm just like yes get I it think here. about it I don't know but yeah that's another thing like about coaching um that was really interesting to me and uh something I kind of used um I tried to like do with certain people that were close to me like finding out what their strengths were and trying to help them figure out like how to use their strengths to the best of their abilities so that was pretty cool but yeah like leadership is a huge umbrella and there's so many things under it yeah i heard, I heard life. about a lot of amazing leaders in your life as well that were really able to support you on this journey uh, and so the Coactive Leadership Program, um, CTI, is the leadership program I signed up for this year. Mm -hmm. And when I think about what, like, how, what a gift that you've taken some leadership programs at your age. I wish that I had done that. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I love my road. My road led me right to where I am sitting here with you today. Um, but what we talk about in that leadership program is everyone's a leader, Leaders are responsible for their world. That's how we define leaders. And so when you talk about being responsible for your world, you had what I hear is people in the English department and the science department that both felt responsible as a leader to make sure that you 
got to the place that you needed to be. And uh, it's so important for the neuroscience of our brains. Um, you, you mentioned like it came naturally. It makes you feel good. Like um, your prefrontal cortex that's developing in, until you're 25 to 30. So when you're in college, as you're developing here, you can access more of it in a positive place. Positivity lives in the prefrontal cortex of your brain. Uh, it's the empathizer, it's the creator. It, you have all these gifts that live in your prefrontal cortex. And when you are aware, I heard you use the word aware, which I love, when you're aware of those strengths, when you're aware that of all the positive things that you bring, um, you use a, a better part of your, like you're smarter, literally, you're smarter. You're, like, you're happier, like I felt happier yes, you're, and you're accessing your full potential versus the amygdala the brain that helped get us here for millions of years and survive um, the brain that you use mostly until you become a teenager that feels a lot of emotions and, and lives in that space of will they judge me if I change my major um, that part of your brain is not aware of your strengths. Yet part of your brain's job is to be aware of your weaknesses and to make sure that you don't <laughs> do anything that makes you unsafe. Um, and all these things that you were talking about doing, like it's stepping outside your comfort zone, like that introvert in you um, that didn't yes, hear about I'm very it. reserved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember that from class. I, I remember exactly where you sat. <laughs> This is how I remember I said too. Last <laughs> in the back. Um, I, and I, this memory is either you or someone that sat in that same seat. And it was juxtaposition was the word on the test. And you're like, how was I supposed to know what juxtaposition means? I can't remember. I feel like that was me. I feel like it was. <laughs> Whoever, because you had a really high score on your ACT in reading. And we were going over reading, if I remember correctly. And... I can slightly remember this, what you're talking about. That was so long ago, almost, what, like 10 years ago? <sighs> yeah, I'm getting old. And I remember it so well because I was like, first of all, I was like, fuck, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Like, what does that mean again? Um, I read the sentence and I was like, okay, context, I got it. And I, that was a, an awareness for me of context. Like, why did that context stick for me? Why didn't it stick for you? Like, my life experience. Um, I think the sentence that I remember was like, it was a metaphor and these two things were juxtaposed to each other. And the only reason I got it is because I got the metaphors and I was like, man, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, but I remember that the learner you talked about, um, I wrote down what you said because I loved it so much, um, that you are, you clearly are someone who wants to learn and appreciates learning and your, your teachers see that. And that's a leader. That is a really humble leader that, um, that I got to experience in class. And I, I love that you shared that. You know, you want to get into the coaching space, you'd be amazing. You absolutely <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, when I think about it. Because I remember, like, in high school, we would go to, um, what do they call it, like, college tours and stuff. And one of the things that was really hard for me and frustrating for me, because I am very reserved, I knew that if I went to a big school, Dominican is in a big school, that if I went to a big school, I would just be a number. Um, and that was something that I didn't want to do because I felt like if I did, I would have gotten lost. I, I think about it now. And one of the big schools where 
a lot of my family went to and one that was very um, like pushed at uh, our uh, my high school was um, the University of Champaign, so Urbana, which is a huge school. And every time I went to that campus, I just felt so nervous just going there as a high school student. So thinking about Dominican, um, a lot of my classes weren't big and I wasn't a number, I, I was a person. And so to me, once again, I felt like during my freshman and sophomore year, if I would have continued to take science classes, I would have gotten lost. And eventually I would have like, honestly, I felt like I would have dropped out. Um, but it goes to like the, the great, the, like my teachers were so amazing in helping me like figure it out. And I, uh, and I didn't. Yeah, I, you know, what's coming up for me is that you, as you talk about leadership is I'm just curious, like, you mentioned inspiring and motivating and like wanting to be that leader. You are that leader. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like as a leader, you know, what advice do you have for people that are leading others? Honestly, I feel like to, to lead others, once again, it, it goes back to like self-reflection. I remember taking a class where we talked about that a lot, where a leader has to know who they are first before mm. they can lead others. They have to learn about you know, once again, their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, and then, you know, their different types of like leadership styles. So learning about who they are um, so that they can lead others and then learning about who they're leading. Sometimes it could be a little bit difficult, of course, if you're leading a lot of people, but I still think that if you start off small by knowing who the people are you're leading, um, it's helpful because one, it makes them feel noticed and important that you're trying to learn more about them and get to know who they are as people and leaders. Um, and then kind of, it goes from there, learning about who you are as a person and then learning about who you're leading and then taking both all of uh, your strengths and their strengths and then propelling it for whatever mission or goal that you're working towards. Mm, that's and what I, I remember doing a lot um, my senior year. I led so three or four people in my group, getting to know who they were as individuals, and then taking that and you know making the best of what we had to be the best that we could be for our, our little preschoolers, and then taking it again. I, I remember doing it or using it a little bit again um, within the company that I work for now. So was it? This year has been just a mess. Maybe it was a year ago, two years ago. I don't know. We had some interns. Uh, they were seniors in high school. Um, so once again, I remember like pulling out that like strength finders thing. Cause it was a little bit, like I said, it was a little bit easier to do with two people um, and then helping them figure out like the summer and then also going into co college. Just, I mean, it's not gonna happen overnight, of course. It's something that takes time. Um, but I do think eventually the more you practice it, uh, you'll get better and then you'll see that it's worth it. Because I do think too, and I, I mentioned this earlier, is that the the thing I saw on Facebook where someone was just so excited to go to work because she had a great manager, you know, people begin to notice that and pay attention to that. Mm, I know. So what I'm hearing is you're saying we can create a work environment that people want to go to. Yeah. 
even if it's McDonald's? Yeah, absolutely. If they have a good leader. Yep. That is solid advice for people that are listening right now is, um, I love this learn who you are leading. Uh, I'm going to offer you a few things because I know you like to learn. I'm a teacher, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> and we'll follow okay, up. Go ahead. Yes. I, so the learn who you're leading, um, one of the coaching programs that I've done, uh, I'm in the middle of it right now. And it, it's a combination of the two things you talked about, which is why I want to share it. It's learning who you are as a leader but not about your strengths, it's about learning about your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the party of weaknesses. We all have the same one. His name is Judge. We all judge ourselves. We all judge others. We all judge circumstances. And that's what our brains are designed to do. It's why we survive for millions of years. There's a, there's a ton of things on my desk right now. But if something moves, there's something's not supposed to be there, like my brain will know and it will alert me. That's very useful. Where that's not useful is when my brain sees something different, like trying something new, leading others to something, like coming out of that shell, my brain will still send those alerts. It will judge the circumstances, the person or myself. Um, so my, my challenge for you, my inquiry, whatever you want to call it, so that's like coaching language, is um, to, to take a look at positiveintelligence.com. Okay. As a way to, and I'll, I'll throw it in the chat for you too. It's a way to explore the other side of your leadership. And the, what I love about it, it is neuroscience, so don't get triggered by your science classes. Um, what I love about Shirzad and what he's put together in the Positive Intelligence program, and he also comes from the co-active background that I have as well, uh, is he's given us a universal language. Everybody wants to feel like, I heard you talk about the English class, like you felt like you could, you could all look at each other's papers and edit and fail together, where in science, it didn't feel like that. It's actually exactly why I hated science for a long time, is it didn't feel. Very competitive. Very yeah, competitive. it wasn't a safe place to be creative or to try things or to have a, the wrong idea, because in science, it's right or wrong. And in English or history, it's, well, here's what we think about it. Um, so what Shazad has done, much like you talk about the Strength Finders, where it's applicable to your entire life, um, is he's, he's labeled the 10 saboteurs, is what he calls them, that live in this amygdala brain, this limbic brain. And so you can take this test, and you know you have the judge, because we all do. But then you find out what your top couple saboteurs are that will be in cahoots with the judge and really when you don't think you're judging something when you think you're being discerning it's an opportunity for yourself as a leader to see where actually no you're judging and your saboteur is helping you is coming in and convincing you that you're not uh, and he also offers a really powerful way to redirect those saboteurs so it's not like okay you're broken you're ugly like you're not supposed to be like yes this is who i am you're supposed to say this is who i am to be where i am today and I know if I can quiet that and open up more of that prefrontal cortex, that leader brain, and you can build new neural pathways and more gray matter in that area and you can shrink it in other areas. Um, it's a way that you can get to know your leaders. It's a way that you can also get to know yourself in a way that will help you better understand your leaders. And what he, the, the quote he uses that I love is about, um, the currency of trust 
Because I think in leadership, that's what we're always looking at is, and some people will say, well, the currency of trust is um, consistency over time. We hear that a lot with leadership. His is the currency of trust is vulnerability. Mm. And I love that currency because currency is energy. <laughs> like before we gave each other actual money or actual currency, we exchange energy. Here's my donkey milk and here's your eggs. It's probably not donkey milk, but like whatever. Like here's our stuff that we're exchanging. <laughs> probably cow milk. Um, maybe goat. So in this exchange of energies that you're doing, um, it, it's just, it's a universal way to use it. And, uh, and you're, it's, it's very interesting. I think you would really like it. I got lost in my own analogy there. Uh, <laughs> happens as a teacher. I was going somewhere really great with that exchange of energies. I really was. Um, but the more aware you are, so my top saboteur is an avoider. Um, and he can tell you like where those saboteurs come from and people, we love to deep dive and figure out like why my parents messed me up. Uh, less concerned with that because you can have the best parents in the world and you're still going to have some of these because mm -hmm. you know what? people at school will bully you and you know, life will knock you down and, and just like life will happen and you'll develop, your brain will figure out like, okay, well, if we avoid things and people please, which is what my brain does, um, we can make things better. And so confronting those head on as a leader for myself is making me a better leader, but also I'm very attuned with the energy of my, the people I'm leading. And it's very, it's, I'm starting to tune into the voice and know, is that the person I'm leading talking or is that the, their judge? Is that the person I'm leading talking or is that their stickler, their avoider, their hyperachiever, like whatever you're your name is and so it's a it's a really great tool and he gives it a number so for our science people you can get enough you take a quiz on there and it'll tell you your positive quotient um, it's your PQ and so I'm I was gonna say I'm very big on like taking these like quizzes because it, it goes back to two I remember and a lot of my leadership courses was that leadership is all about just like learning in general and there's like just so much to learn. <laughs> I love that. Leadership oh. is all about learning. All I'm about learning. definitely going on your episode. It <laughs> is, right? And when we think we've learned it all, that's when we know we have more to learn, <laughs> right? Um, so you'll like this. You'll get a number. And so the, the idea behind this number is what they found is that there is – three to one or 75% of the time. So three thoughts for every one negative thought. You wanna have three positive thoughts. When people talk about gratitude journals, I'm a woman of faith, I talk about prayer and, and believing in a higher power and giving thanks. This neuroscience supports that uh, because it activates this part of your brain and it builds all of this gray matter in this part of your brain and it shrinks this part of your brain back here that you don't wanna access. And so 20% of people are, at, are operating at 75% or better. 20%, that's it. So <laughs> if you think about, okay, well, that's a huge leg up as a leader. And then as you're leading people to give them that gift and to give them that huge leg up. And so what happens, and you start to see it in the meditation space. I'm getting really into that. I never thought I would. So I'll get off my soapbox. But um, I'll send you those things because I know you're a leader and you love to learn. You would be an incredible coach. So if you want to do those things, we can chat. <laughs> I'll point you. Yeah. In. 
Um, but you've got a crazy year. So I think that's the other part of leading, right? Is that as a leader, you have to know when to learn, like when's it your turn to learn? Um, you have, I find as a leader, I need to know, okay, when am I in learning? It's every day, but when am I intentionally signing up to learn? Like, when am I going to have a course? Like you talked about your master's degree, right? And getting married, like that's a lot at the same time. It was a lot. <laughs> it was oh a lot. God. I can't. And at the time, <laughs> my husband was actually in grad school. So I, the thing is, is that if I would have applied a little bit earlier, I would have started grad school a week. I'm sorry. I would have started grad school like that Monday after our honeymoon. So that just would have been too much. Like I'm not in the right space. I just came off a seven day Disney cruise. <laughs> Good. I love that you did a Disney cruise. <laughs> yep. We did a Disney cruise. That was the thing. Nice. So I waited six months first. Yeah. And got back into this, the groove of working and then trying to, find like my pattern of doing grad school and to be honest it was a lot working and going doing grad school at the same time um my program unlike my husband's program he was in school like he was actually going to class like three four times a week um mine was online but it, it was just as much like work and um trying to balance that uh it was something <laughs> so yeah I'm happy that that's over and I don't know I think right now we're, we're probably both looking to like get our PhDs and something but we'll see I love it maybe maybe it'll be neuroscience after all <laughs> so before we go today um I have the three questions that I always ask I'm, I'm gonna need a pen and paper though when we answer these because I'm excited about them to hear what you have to say I'm nervous like what are you oh my gosh I'll be nervous <laughs> when you said that earlier i'm like three questions wait no. oh man now I'm, I'm, that. Anxiety. I'm a terrible leader <laughs> no fun questions you already know the answer number one what's your superpower oh my superpower um i I feel like I should have a great answer for this, but now I'm just like fuzzy brain. Um, I would say that just based on like the top of my head, I don't know if this is considered a superpower, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, I think about to, um, I just, whatever I set my mind to do, I kind of just try to like go for it. So I think about now, like when I was a kid, there were a lot of things that I couldn't do due to, like money, financial issues, or like the lack of having those. And now as an adult, I find myself being able to like do those things, which I'm pretty great, like happy I had the opportunity to do it now. Um, so the superpower would be kind of like um, taking things that I know that I might find interest in doing and then doing them. And even if I didn't like it, at least I tried it once. I don't, what would you call that? <laughs> what I hear is your superpower is pursuing your passions. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like that's what like I know there's a word, but what is it? Yeah, it's been it's been a very interesting. I want to say adulthood for me, um, being able to do certain things, and then like 
finding like, oh yeah, I was interested in this as a kid and now being able to do it now and like, like fully going for it. Yes. And that is absolutely, it's pursuing your passion and your purpose. Yeah. Love that. When I think about being a kid, um, no surprise, I was a teacher as a kid to all my animals and the neighborhood kids, but I also had a club. I charged dues. Um, so the neighborhood kids had to hang out with me. And I also was trying to be an actress. Like I bought a book on how to be a child star. And my mom told me every time I was overly dramatic, she'd always quote from Sister Act. I think it's Sister Act 2 actually is baby, save it for Oprah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times my mom told me to save it for Oprah. <laughs> because I've actually I would... never seen Sister Act, so I don't know. Oh, that's a great movie. You have a movie to watch. I think it's in Sister Act 2 when there's the kids being dramatic and she tells them to save it for Oprah, but I can't remember. Um, so your purpose is pursuing your passion. Or your I'm sorry, not your purpose. Your superpowers, pursuing <laughs> your passions. My second question is, what's your purpose? Uh, my purpose, uh, I think it kind of ties into the whole like leadership aspect that I've been learning and growing in. Um, so I would say my purpose or can my purpose be like similar to like my goal? Yeah. I know. I'm just like, why are these questions so hard? I kind of went into that mindset. <laughs> the question is going to be hard. You no, know so you did. And I'm going to just, we're going to do a thing. All right. So I want you to take your two fingers, put them together. I want you to look at them and I want you to rub them together with such attention that you can feel the ridges on your fingertips. Do you feel your fingertips there? You feel those ridges? Yeah. Yeah. So now that we're back, um, yeah, what's your purpose? So I would say my purpose is to um, I guess once again, it kind of ties into the superpower is like pursuing my passions and then like sharing those with people. Cause when I think about it, I didn't go into a lot of detail, but one of the things that I wish I would have done as a child, and sometimes it kind of makes me mad cause I feel like if I would have started earlier, I would be further than I am now was music. I got, I was really interested in playing like instruments. And so as I was old enough to purchase my own like instrument, I got really into it and I really enjoy it. So something that um, I hope to share with people eventually, and I guess it also ties into my to writing, is that I want to share that with people, whether it's through a song or through a poem. At some point in my life, I wanted to write short stories. Maybe I'll get back into that, but just being, I feel like to just being um, very reserved, again, that I don't talk a lot so this is actually a lot of talking for me so people watching I this is a lot so I tend to like try to write that out um and then sharing that with the world I think I would say ties into my purpose have you read any so after I graduated from Dominican actually I was in like this whole like English major like writing mode I took a lot of like creative writing classes and so I did post a few things on like Facebook. I don't know if you saw any of those, but I'm sure I can find them and like tag you in them. <laughs> I love to read them. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I read them every now and then. And I, 
as I've grown, I feel like I could tweak them, but I'm just going to leave them like how, how they are. <laughs> yeah, they're exactly what they need to be. You know, when you have a superpower of pursuing your passions and a purpose for leading and sharing your knowledge like you do, um, it makes me wonder what's next, which is my third question. What's next? Um, well, I would say I'm currently hoping to pursue like higher leadership roles um, where there's some orientation now or going somewhere else um, and taking that with me. Um, maybe I'll get a PhD. And if I do, one of the things I'm looking into is organizational leadership again. What's next is I'm currently looking to pursue, what is it, the PMP, the project management certificate. So I think, once again, it goes into like myself being like this learner. I don't want to stop learning. And I think that eventually I'm going to do something whether it's getting a certificate or going back to school and then taking that and applying it to whatever job or role I'll have in the future as well. Mm, I can't wait to follow that journey because what's next for you is absolutely a higher leadership role um, where you're sharing and learning and sharing your learning. And mm -hmm. It's amazing. Uh, the world needs more leaders like you. I really mean that. I can't wait to read the writing that you have. Um, I'm sure it's fantastic because I remember the boring DBQ topics and your writing was fantastic. So I look forward to reading it. Thank you for sharing your superpowers with us today. Um, I have a feeling we're going to be talking. I have a parliament of an, a group of owls, outstanding women leaders that you should absolutely join. Um, it is a free thing to join, but if you want to support the podcast for five bucks a month, you can, but you should absolutely join it because you're going to be surrounded by other leaders like yourself. And uh, we're, we're here to laugh, learn, and empower. That's literally what the parliament does. And so at the end of the month, we reflect back on our month. Um, if there's any area of our life that we, like a goal we didn't achieve or an area that we're stuck, then we kind of talk through that. And the beginning of the month, we set our intentions. So at the beginning of November, we'll be setting our intentions for what is it that we want to accomplish this month? What is it we want to learn or lead or projects? You know, everybody has their own goals. Uh, and for me, I, I miss teaching so much because I miss the energy of the kids. I miss the, you know, you, your purpose and your passion was in my classroom every single day for 52 minutes and I had access to it along with all the others. And so for me, this parliament is an opportunity to do this again. I'm a great facilitator. I was going to say, is that kind of why you were into coaching? Cause it's a little bit, I mean, you're not really teaching, but it carries a lot of the similar. It is what I, what I realized in my leadership path, you know, the last 15 plus years is I was a teacher who coached. And I, um, I think back, actually, I have a couple letters that some of you guys have, some of the students from your class have written, I just found them the other day. And um, the, the impact that I had was not on grading your DBQs. It was on individual conversations. And like one of them, I won't say her name, but man, I can think of her face right now. I'll tell you when we get off recording. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know. 
and she had written like, I always like, you know, yell at you and like was kind of a jerk, but you were always there for me. This is not her words. It's like I'm summarizing, but, um, but that's really what I loved about coaching. I was a student activities director and tennis coach. My first job, I owned a CrossFit gym, but I, what lit me up was coaching women weight loss in, in particular, but it was really life. It was, it was coaching to help you achieve those goals. And, um, yeah, that's kind of why I'm still in this space. So you should join the parliament. Uh, I'm a connector. Like I meet, I'm an only child. So I go out and I meet lots of people and all of you need to meet each other because <laughs> you guys, like the people I know in Chicago need to meet and the people I know in Wichita already have met, but they're, introdu they're introducing me now. I've got connected to a person who's a connector and I've got friends in Lima, Peru. Like we've got like London, like we're all over the place. And a lot of you guys need to meet with each other and collaborate and kind of co-inspire. We're all, everyone in the parliament is wanting to learn. Mm. I'm a big fan of laughter because I know what it does to the brain. And um, empowering is just what happens when you're learning and laughing together. At least that's what I heard in your story when you talked about um, talking to your professors and like learning and you were just, you're so thirsty to learn. And because of it, you've become empowered to lead. Mm -hmm. thank you so much I talked a lot at that end I'm going to give you the last words of the day people listening if you made it this far you already know where to find me on OWL and Outstanding Women Leaders and all that stuff um, last words anything you want to promote say what do you um, well first of all once again thank you for having me it came to me as a shock because I was just like what you want me on a podcast that's great let's see what we'll talk about <laughs> um, but I, I once again, I think to um, thinking about like my journey and we talked a little bit about me being a first generation college student. Uh, I guess one of the things I would like to say or sign off with is that going into college, it's okay to not know what you want to do. Um, and yes, I mean, it's also okay to like change your major. The point of college too, I mean, when you go into college, you're still a teenager. You're still very young. so having the mindset that um i'm gonna go into college and do one thing and leave but you don't that's fine uh because that's similar to what my story was or is so going into college not knowing what you want to do is fine but taking try to take as many like classes as possible to figure out like your likes and dislikes um and then another big thing too i remember thinking about this my senior year when, before I was leaving Dominican is no matter if you take us if you're in a small university or a large university honestly try getting to know who your professors are get to know them not I mean getting to know them as people too because I think uh outside of like seeing my professors based on like uh, a, a paper that I wrote or um, an exam that I took and getting to figure out like how I was doing or how what I could do better I got to know who they were as people because they are people. Um, it helps to build like those connections and those relationships. So if, if you're planning on going to college, try to not go into the mindset that you're, you're going to go in there having it all figured out because more than likely you're not. And then honestly getting to know who, who's teaching you and your professors. That's something that was very important to me. Um, and I think it, it was a uh, helpful because they were the ones who helped me figure out <laughs> like, my life. <laughs> so yeah, I love that advice.
for our college students. And I went to community college because I didn't have money. And so I also love to give a plug for that for people as well as an option if you don't know what you want to do. Um, and even when you graduate and you think you know what you want to do, I've had four careers. It's okay to change. <laughs> yeah. it's totally fine. Thank you so much, Trilisha.